Happy holidays to you. Welcome to day eight of the Black Jackson Estate. Presents the 12 days of Christmas. User one, how you doing? I'm wonderful and fantastic. I'm getting in the holiday spirit real, real big time here now. I wore antlers today. It's good to be back on the Black Jackson Estate Podcast. This is user two coming to you loud and clear. Excited on day eight to talk to you about Sonic 3. This is the part of the podcast where we invite you to become a sponsor. Listen, the 12 Days of Christmas is no easy feat. And with your support, we're able to pull this together. The Black Jackson Estate is a people-powered podcast. Your support helps keep our podcast streaming all over the globe. Each of our legendary sponsors gets to join us by becoming an official user and by supporting us on Patreon, you gain access to exclusive content that only our patrons can support. So please donate, support our podcast, get a shout out on the show, www.paypal.me forward slash Black Jackson Estate, cash out BLK Jack Estate, but that Patreon is where we want you to go. Type the Black Jackson Estate in the search bar and you will find us you'll get monthly episodes and you'll get some sweet treats alongside gifts like this during the holidays all right so uh today's episode is a sweet treat for the users where we're going to talk about sonic the hedgehog and michael jackson's notorious involvement with the uh with the music that's embedded in this video game user one did you play sonic the hedgehog growing up I was not a I was not a Sega kid. I was a Nintendo. I was a Nintendo kid. And I wasn't the kid that had all the systems. My mama could afford one. So I was a Mario kid. Mortal Kombat, Donkey Kong. That was my jam. So Sega was not a thing. The only thing I remember that I wanted truly from Sega was the handheld Sega console. I thought that was the coolest thing in the third grade and there was this kid in my class named Chris Vega shout out to Chris Vega who still lives here in Raleigh and he had one dear lord I wanted that game console but then I ended up getting um a Game Boy and all the iterations of Game Boy so it's fine but that thing was the thing I wanted but that was because you could play Sonic obviously Sonic was the popular if you were in the 90s and you were a kid or the 80s I think Sonic came out in the 80s but we were 90s kids, so really popular on Sega. There were some other games that were also super popular, but because I was a Nintendo kid and we didn't have multiple consoles, I'm not familiar with a lot of those games. Yeah, I, too, had a Super Nintendo, and I also had a Sega Genesis, and um, I did not peep that the Sonic 3 soundtrack and game music was Michael until years later. Um, And I'm excited to unpack this because there were so many rumors that were surrounding this soundtrack for years back in the days when we were on the fan forums where people would allege that there were all these Michael Jackson Easter eggs buried in um, Sonic the Hedgehog, particularly in Sonic 3, but um, that a lot of the music was reminiscent of Michael Jackson. And there's some really important through lines to explain how that happened. So we're going to dig into the legend of Michael Jackson and Sonic the Hedgehog and give you all a little bit of context on how 
uh, that storyline came to be. So let's backtrack just a bit. User one, are you familiar with Michael Jackson's Moonwalker video game um, that was based on the film that came out in 1988, which was also a Sega game? Have you seen uh, that console or or that video game before? Well, yes, but I I think I feel like I became aware of that also from being a Michael fan, not because of. So I want to be clear. I do think by the 90s, by the time we were kids. So I'm thinking about like by the time we were eight or nine years old, Michael was not this uber popular bad era Michael anymore. It's still popular, but you're talking about like with kids as a whole, his popularity, I think, had diminished or was on in the decline and um so because by the time we're eight or nine we're past like 93 we're a little past 93 so it's just a different period the kids that were playing video games were not playing moonwalker or moonwalk moonwalker um they were they were playing like the sonic so they didn't know michael was still had involvement in it but i so i think i became aware like I remember when we were kids our all the cousins would get together we would all bring the consoles we had that's how we would have all of them because we everyone had something different I don't ever recall anyone pulling out the Michael Jackson game yeah so I became aware of it as a fan like oh okay this is cool Michael had this game you know etc yeah the Michael Jackson video game which came out the Moonwalker video game, which came out in 1990, is something that's really hard to find. And I honestly don't feel like it was on a mass release. We can dig into that one in a different podcast. But that is basically the precursor to Michael Jackson's music ending up in another video game. And so you have to remember here, Sega and Sony have a relationship that is intertwined where Sony owns Sega. And so when Sonic the Hedgehog launches in 1991 Michael Jackson is giving top access to everything Sonic the Hedgehog related and it was very well known that he was a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan because Michael Jackson loved video games so we get to 1994 when Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is on its way out and this music is released and folks are playing the game and they hear some familiar songs that eventually um, end up in Michael Jackson uh, history volumes one and two. And so when this uh, project came out in 1994, of course, um, the music was not released yet on history, but in retrospect, folks realized, okay, these were demos. And so I'm sure when folks were playing this game in 1994, just like the other iterations of Sonic, which was first released in 1991, all of the music sounds like Michael Jackson knockoff music, but in MIDI form, in that old school, like 18-bit form. And so it all kind of sounds like Michael Jackson music, but the truth is in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, there are actual Michael Jackson demos embedded into this program. Now, uh, the first person who um, initially um, kind of exposed this was a fan in the mid-2000s, which is right around the time uh, User 1 and 2 were on the KOP board, MJJ community, whatever board was hot at the time. Uh, Mid-2000s, this rumor drops into fan forums that allegedly this is Michael Jackson music, but no one was able to verify it. 
And eventually, uh, the great Brad Buxer, who now um, does tours, and many of y'all have gone to visit him in person as he kind of unpacks Michael's discography and what it took for them to create it. Buxer eventually said, yes, Michael Jackson did work on Sonic the Hedgehog 3. So, <laughs> whoa, those came in very, very hot. Yeah, Stranger in Moscow, pretty obvious. Now, uh, let's skip over to Black or White. That one I didn't hear as clearly. Did you hear it? No, I didn't hear that one. Azure Lake. Let's try it one more time. Yeah, that was kind of tough. All right, next up. Oh, wow. The ghost in me definitely hit the drums. All right, next up. Blood in the dance floor. Uh, oh, is it scary? They had to, uh, they sped it up. Oh, wow. That one was tough. Now this is reminding me of the samples episode with the uh, uh, with Whitney's Queen of the Night, and is it scary? I'm yeah. I mean, it's like it's definitely heavy on the drums. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm hearing it. I mean, I, I was hearing it more. The ones at the beginning were to me great examples of aha. Not that it's not there, but it's like, okay. Well, that speaks to why it was so difficult to prove this theory, and it was a rumor for so long. So here's a couple quotes when Brad was asked about it directly. I've never played the game, so I do not know what tracks on which Michael and I have worked that the developers kept, but we did compose music for the game. Michael called me at the time for help on this project, And that's what I did. And if he is not credited for composing the music, it's because he was not happy with the result coming out of the console. At the time, game consoles did not allow an optimal sound reproduction, and Michael found it frustrating. He did not want to be associated with a product that devalued his music. So... When you think about the clips that we just heard, if he is sending over Stranger in Moscow and it comes out 
the way that we heard, that's probably not what he heard in his head and he yanked it away. So which one do you think was more influential here? User one, do you think Michael hated the way that it sounded, or do you think the scandals ultimately are why he wasn't credited? Is it, I mean, I think it's for sure. They dropped him. I mean, who wouldn't you would, you have to drop him. He had to be dropped. You don't really, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's that, you know, we can, we feel how we feel about fans, but these, this is about dollars and cents. Right. Ain't no loyalty in corporate America when it comes to that. Right. Like he's a, He's a he's a marketing tool. And at the point that he becomes a hindrance and an economic loss, then he's got to go. And that's what happened. I mean, if he wasn't satisfied, it's kind of weird because, again, he also did the game, the Moonwalker game. Right. Right. It's the same sort of sound because this is how video games sounded at the time. So I don't know. That doesn't seem to again coincide with this idea of how video games just sounded but he was okay with it before but now he's not i think he got canned i think that's what happened ultimately i'm willing to bet that's what it was because this did come out in 1994 so yeah he had um, to go yeah now i also think it didn't sound like the songs that he composed like those few slices of jam and um black or white don't exactly translate into what we know as those songs in a video game console. So I can see where there was difficulty reformatting that for the game, but ultimately they did make it into the game and Michael just simply wasn't credited and fans with keen ears are the ones who figured it out. So once again, shout out to the MJ fan, because one thing about us, we don't figure it out. For or not. <laughs> <laughs> but well, we're going to try. We're going to try. <laughs> we'll be coming up with some crazy ass theories sometimes. Well, actually, yeah. they do look like him if you turn his head to the left. The Jack, um, please. But I'm just saying, like, if Michael was bitching about the quality, it's almost like, are you serious? This is the quality. This is where technology was at the time. Like, this is it. You're getting the best for this thing. Yeah. We're not there yet. And I mean, so, I mean, I guess that goes to, I mean, I'm sure he maybe wasn't fully um, satisfied. I could believe that because he never was with anything. But I think in the end, he was just a heavy liability for Sega. And um, they, I think they still liked him. We talked about, um, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, those relationships carried over and, and how he ends up on Space Channel 5. Um, but that's not a Sega game, but I think some of the leaders who were once at Sega ended up over there. And so that's how he gets involved there. So, I mean, I think that there was still loyalty or just like a liking of Michael and as things simmered down, but it's also just like, I definitely believe they just needed to distance themselves because again, what would you have them do? What would you have them do user two? If you were the head of Sega in 1993, You've got the biggest pop star in the world working on a video game with you. He's going to write the music. It's going to be fantastic and great. And then you, the news breaks that he's involved in some allegations the, the of the type he was involved in. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, it would be a no because this is a children's game. We're targeting children. So any controversy or any suggestion that you could be improper with children is not going to fly. So... 
even as a Michael Jackson fan, I would have told him, nah, maybe not. But the fact that they still chose to use the music is the part that's shady to me. Because if you didn't want to credit Michael Jackson, that's understandable. But to still embed his music in there and pretend that you didn't for 31 years is kind of goofy. Now, I'm assuming he was paid for that or maybe he wasn't. That I don't know, is... but wait, wait a minute, let me go back. I said Space Channel 5 was not Sega. That actually was still a Sega game. So they brought his tail back and put him in a game. Oh, in good the late point. 90s. Okay. So okay. Space Channel. So, I mean, they had to let him go. And But these, again, are also not American companies, American-based companies. You know how Pepsi dropped him like a $2 hoe? Right. And they were like, history, you figure it out. Your history, matter of fact. We're not <laughs> on that tour. <laughs> we're done. Sega, is a, that's Jap- is that a Japan-based company? It is. Okay, so they brought him back for Space Channel 5, gave him a whole little did app, you know, but it's like you had to drop him in the moment, and I'm sure Michael understood that. I don't think he was silly. And normally the the simplest answer is the answer. So they dropped him. He may not have been satisfied with everything that was happening, but he'd worked with them before. He understood how sound worked and where technology was in video gaming at the time, and he had worked and okayed these things before. Simplest answer is probably that for the most part, it may be a mixed bag of answers, but for the most part, he had to be sidelined in the moment because it was just a bad move for Sega. So they brought him back later. He gets to do Space Channel 5, which we talk about on another 12 days since he was the first pop star in a rhythm rhythm dance uh, video game or whatever. Um, that's his Guinness World Records. That's on the Guinness World Records one. So yeah, they bring him back. I mean, like I said, it sounds like they had a little more loyalty than than Pepsi, who had been working with him since the 80s, like the early 80s. And, yeah. you know, so. And part of that's because he is a Sony recording artist. So, like it or not, he's in the building. And 31 years later, in celebration of Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Yuki Naka, who is the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, confirmed that the King of Pop indeed wrote music for 1994 Sonic the Hedgehog 3. After he asked, does Sonic Origins Sonic 3 have a different song? Naka answered his own question saying, oh my God, the music for Sonic 3 has changed even though Sega Official uses Michael Jackson's music. So, again, (laughs) the creator of Sonic dry snitches on Sony and says, oh my goodness, Michael Jackson's music is used in Sega official stuff. He did not specifically say just Sonic 3. He said the music for Sonic 3 has changed even though Sega official uses Michael Jackson's music. Meaning Michael's music truly might be embedded in all of these damn games, not just Sonic 3. Um, the question is, do you think he got paid for that user one? He was notorious for doing stuff for free, which what a bad idea for someone who had the spending habits he had. You need to be charging everybody because you don't spend it up. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do charitable giving at the end of the year, I think that's great. Or, you know, Michael was good for spending up a lot of money. He should have been charging folks. He notoriously did stuff for free, just the passion project pieces, 
But I think the the question of should I do this for free is the end result of what they're going to get out of it. Are they giving all the money away to charity that they make from what I'm about to do or no? If the answer is no and they're going to pocket it and it's profit and it's going to pay people salary and stuff like that, you need to charge. I agree. And uh, to Prince Paris and Blanket, um, the Sonic creator, Mr. Yuki Naka, made this statement earlier this year and confirmed even though Sega official uses Michael Jackson's music. So you want to chase a residuals bag? That's the one to chase right there. Play all of the Sega They'd be games. better off going to get their own job because that's, <laughs> that, that bag is never going to materialize. It's probably that never, man, but you know that it's man, That man said, I'll do it. I'll just, I don't want no money. I'm good. Or maybe he didn't. Maybe he did get a bag, but the bag is either gone or he might have just did it straight up for free. I mean, what was the money that came out of... Uh, moonwalker out of the game yeah that's a really good question i've never I'm seen assuming he did get some money for that stuff uh, yeah because that one is literally called michael jackson's moonwalker so had to this is sonic so it would be like is he getting residual credit or any you know coins off of the game probably not but um you know maybe one day we'll find out in another 31 years, the creator might tell us another secret. So, if you've ever wondered, is Michael Jackson's music playing in this Sonic the Hedgehog game? The answer is yes. And that concludes day eight of the 12 Days of Christmas on the Black Jackson Estate. Spread some holiday cheer. We'll catch y'all on the next one. Later.